Good morning. Good morning. How are you? I'm good. It is our last episode of the year. It is, yeah. We're drawing it to a close. Yep. Another year down the hatch. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, so I was thinking uh, that we would just kind of do some reflections and projections and see uh, how that went for us. Cool. Sounds good. Right, yeah, I cool. think I feel like last year we didn't, if I recall, we did we do like a goals episode or anything like that? I, I should, probably should have done some homework looking back. <laughs> I remember setting a like quarterly goals one time yeah. that I think was at the end of the year. I don't remember if it was this last year or the one before. Yeah. We've been at this for a little while. Yeah. I mean, I guess that could be an interesting thing to touch on at the get go is like, are you are you thinking about setting goals or how are you like, how are you approaching kind of that sort of planning for the new year type of type of stuff? Um, I've been thinking about it a lot. I'm not sure. I don't know if I'm going to set down like explicit goals exactly so much as thinking about areas of focus and things we might do. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm pretty bad at predicting the future. And so um, I think <laughs> I'm thinking about it kind of a little bit more loosely. Yeah, I'm keeping it intentionally loose right now. So I had a couple things this week that are kind of relevant to this. So one, we had office hours with one of our mentors at Tiny Seed with Dr. Sherry Walling talking about all the all the mental health things uh, that founders have to deal with. And one of the topics we talked about was was burnout. And it was pretty interesting, actually. She mentioned that it's now like an officially recognized disorder or something. So like now there's like more research going into it and more like official classification of what it means to be burned out and stuff like that. So many of the symptoms, I'll just like quickly, the components are like physical and emotional exhaustion, cynicism and detachment, and like a lack of personal efficacy. And like, I feel like so many founders are in a constant state of like, if not in burnout, then like potentially heading there if you're not careful, you know, because because we just tend to be so relentless with with uh, pouring ourselves into our our efforts, you know. But I feel like one of the things that would potentially drive me towards that is like, choosing goals poorly like if i at this stage were to were to say like i want to have you know this much mrr by this time of the year next year that's not taking into account the fact that i have like a pre-product market fit business and so that's not necessarily like a it doesn't meet the smart goal criteria where it's like within sight of achievability so it's kind of forcing me to you know make certain decisions that maybe aren't so healthy in pursuit of like just meeting a number or something when when really i should be probably optimizing for something else so i think i'm just becoming like very um very aware that like the goals you set can can lead to unhealthy behavior if you're not really careful and i think especially founders are prone to that Mm. sounds true yeah how do you feel about the last year then? I wish I would have enjoyed myself more and not been so stressed, <laughs> you know, <laughs> trying to enjoy the process as much as like, you know, making progress towards goals, I think, you know, and it started, I mean, this was quite a year, right? Started out with, I was launching level in January and starting that process and and then learning, <laughs> learning the ultimate fate of that and then switching gears. And so there's been a lot of change this year with with all that change comes comes a fair amount of stress and constantly looking towards some future state where things will be better that's why arrival fallacy has been on my mind lately and this whole notion around goals and stuff and i think um so i think that's one thing that i want to try to cultivate 
for next year is like, what can I do? And I don't have an answer to this yet, but like, what can I do to, to really try to uh, get my head out of like the, the looking to the future state where I'll be happy and instead try to really enjoy the process. And I think that's easier said than done for founders. Yeah. I mean, for everybody, that's (laughs) for everybody. Yeah. Human challenge. Yeah. Yeah. Just to comment on that quickly, we have a question in our retro that we ask, which is how can we enjoy the journey more? And it doesn't always spark, you know, useful conversation, but I think it, I, I like that we just bring it up consistently just to sort of pay attention and like realize like, hey, part of this should be that it's fun. Hopefully that's a lofty goal, I think, because to some extent we've traded uh, predictability and comfort for freedom. So like that's kind of the trade off we've decided to make. So maybe it's not always enjoyable or maybe it's always like a little bit more stressful than if you had a job at a big company and like that kind of thing. It's worth keeping in your mind, I think. But then it's like, what good is that freedom if you if you can't enjoy it, right? Yeah, ex- right. Yeah. <laughs> right. <laughs> it's fair. Yeah. yeah. If you if you do get burnt out and you aren't enjoying the process, it's like, well, sure, you've built yourself a somewhat worse life. Cool. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's that's a danger. Yeah, I've caught myself at a few times saying like, well, I just need to move faster and get towards get towards this state of like stasis and stability, at least with, with revenue and, and burn rate and all that. I think a few times I've said like, maybe I just need to start, you know, putting in a bit more time, like being even more, more hustle, like put in, put in some nights and weekends and get, try to get there faster. And like, it was, I found it hilarious. That was one of the precursors to burnout that Sherry mentioned. I was like, that was one of my questions for her was like, what, what are the early warning signs? She's like, I'm burning the candle at both ends is one of them for sure. (laughs) It's like, Oh yeah. (laughs) So I've been thinking about this thing that Patrick Collison said that I think is, I love, and I think is really insightful, which is software is unique in the world in that you can't necessarily turn a lot of money into good software. Like if you just want a fleet of trucks, any company with a bunch of money can go buy a fleet of trucks and reliably have a bunch of great trucks. But if you want really great software, you can't just turn a lot of money into that reliably. And I'm wondering if like a business built around software is probably similar, right? So you probably can't just turn a lot of work into a great company, a great software company. It's probably other ingredients that that you need there. Yeah. There's like that meme of like, you can't just hire like 50 junior developers and move 50 times faster or something what's, what's that mean like yeah, like it doesn't scale in that way it's not it's not a capital in product out kind of kind of equation right so much yeah so I, I think the inclination to double down i mean actually might who knows maybe it is right maybe like you it, it, maybe you would just get there faster if you were working more hours but uh, my hunch is it's probably that's that's probably not the missing piece mm-hmm. i don't know Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I, I mean, I got a, l- a little taste, a little slice of that this week. So I was like sick one day. One day I just like couldn't work at all. I was just not feeling well at all. Took the entire day off. Felt horrible about it as I was laying on the couch. Like uh, I really should be like <laughs> making progress, but you know, let myself do that. And then when I was finally able to get back to work, like I started tackling the things that I was just like kind of thrashing on for the previous day and was like moving really slowly through. And I started tackling stuff really quickly. And I think even just like taking a little break, stepping back, reorganizing things in your head and then, and then tackling it fresh, um, makes such a huge difference. And it's like, Oh yeah, there's a reminder that like, there is something to this, like working with more intention and not necessarily just working quote unquote harder or you mm-hmm. know, longer hours totally so if you're not 
interested in setting an MRR goal, which I think is pretty reasonable. Um, mm-hmm. Have you thought about other potential like milestones or that you might want to hit or like work towards? Mm. I think I'm going to try to figure that out. So I'm going on it's a quasi retreat vacation. I'm going to do mix in a little bit of retreat activity going up north. So spending some time in the snow at the cabin. Is there a fireplace? There's an enormous fireplace. I could fit inside of it. Awesome. That's yeah. amazing. <laughs> yeah. Peter Soom posted some pictures of his uh, cabin. Yeah, uh, I saw like that. a stove right mm-hmm. next to the desk. And I was like, oh, that's so yeah. cozy looking. It looks amazing. Yeah. yeah, yeah. That's one of my favorite parts of it is it's right there on the lake. So you look out, you can see the water, and then there's just this giant fireplace. It's so great. I think I'm going to try to do some thinking about that because I do want to try to... I think it's helpful to at least name, like, if not goals, then like what are what are habits I want to form? Like, that's kind of how I'm thinking about it, like habits over goals or specific milestones. And I think that maybe aligns better with like the trying to enjoy the journey part. So like, what are the things on the day to day that I can cultivate, as opposed to just striving towards some, some end state. And so I yeah, I need to do my homework on that and do some thinking. Sounds good. Curious to hear what what you come up with. Yeah. Yeah. Also, if you need some company on this trip. (laughs) <laughs> yeah i know or like fireplaces yeah we should do a retreat sometime an aop an aop retreat yeah that'd be awesome yeah it could be kind of like a codecation that i haven't done in a while mm-hmm. that'd be cool so i was looking back over the year i i, I wish i'd taken a little more time and like kind of written up a timeline and just like because it's, it's easy to sort of like forget all the things especially for me i'm just not great at remembering things in general but i was looking back over my calendar and revenue graphs and back in like our slack blogs and things like that and it it's been a heck of a year i mean we went from zero customers to not zero customers to hundreds of customers and uh that's pretty an amazing thing yeah yeah reflecting back now do you think do you think that you have appreciated it as much along the way or is it kind of like is it just hitting you now i think we've done a pretty good job of appreciating it actually one of these things we did that i think is great is that like we made like a huzzah thread which is like for posting screenshots or facts like cool things that happen like things that we're excited about uh, and it's this awesome log of just like victories that you can kind of scroll back and be like oh yeah oh yeah oh yeah that's so cool um and it's fun to scroll like way back and like really excited about like oh like oh like our like this customer signed up or like we like we got our first like 5k deal or whatever like the, like these sort of milestones that were big at the time that feel smaller now and it's like oh yeah like bringing my mind back to that that time is kind of fun yeah i think we did a, a pretty decent job of like capturing the good parts I wouldn't say we're like 100% present and not subject to a rival fallacy. And like, I'm definitely always thinking about the next thing. And like, I, I still feel kind of just as obsessed about like, what's next? What needs to be better? Where can we tune the machine? How do we take this number and 2x that number? And But I, I think that's probably going to be constant. And I think that's kind of okay. That's sort of the game, I think, is given that a rival fallacy is a thing. I don't think we're going to just be like, oh, and now steady state will be fun for years. We can just kind of run this thing at stasis. But that's okay. I think I'm I'm cool with that. I'm really excited. So I think I've told you before that we did this sort of like delayed send email thing where we made predictions about the year. And then like this service will like send you your email back on a given date. Oh, no, I don't think I've heard about this. Oh, really? Okay. So yeah. like basically the first week of January, I think it was early January, the three of us all secretly made predictions about the company. And like there were a couple of things that we decided we would all like write about like, what do we think the MRR will be? Like how many employees? This kind of thing. And then also just like general, like, what do you think is going to happen? And we all sent those out. And so they should be coming back uh, in 11 days. 
and we all we haven't i haven't seen i can, I can almost can't remember mine of course yeah yeah um and we haven't seen each other's so it's going to be interesting to share huh what was the what was the thinking behind that was it a fun activity was it supposed to be motivating what, like what what my goal was kind of fun it just yeah. sounded like it'd be interesting to see like how good are we at like predicting what's going to happen mm-hmm. in the future Mm-hmm. and like it's just interesting like, like like this like looking back through time to like go back to where your head was and be like mm-hmm. oh yeah mm-hmm. i remember when i thought this and felt this and was scared about this or whatever mm-hmm. yeah i think that kind of regular reflection is is really good too like this podcast is one form of that for me for sure is just kind of you know um logging stuff over time but that was another thing that sherry talked about was like um Someone asked her, like, what do you, how do you structure your retreats that you take multiple times a year? And, you know, this is documented in her, in her book as well, I think. But like, you know, she's, she's one who's a heavy proponent of like kind of journaling, like highs and lows over time. And then deliberately revisiting that on a retreat and just kind of getting a, a 10,000 foot view, kind of reviewing over time how things change. Cause you can't really, you kind of lose sight of that, you know, if you're not kind of deliberately uh, documenting. Yeah, totally. Yeah, I, I've been shocked at like I can read a journal entry from like two days ago and be like, oh yeah, I forgot mm-hmm. that I was <laughs> yeah. all torn up about that thing or that yeah. I was thinking about that. It's yeah, it's crazy. Uh, that's kind of crazy to me, but it's mm-hmm. definitely I've had that experience a lot of times. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I tried to jot down some high level like kind of thoughts for the next year that I've been considering, and I'm, and most of these are not like done, but like conclusions. They're just kind of like possible directions. The one that is, I would say, sort of the most likely and fairly closest to like decided is we're going to start laying the groundwork for expanding to other operating systems. Mm, Okay. Linux being the, or Linux flavors being the big one. Yeah. Linux and like Windows, I think, is probably also on the list. Like I said, there's there's Windows. Yeah. (laughs) To my surprise, Linux is still dominating in the requests. Mm-hmm. So I think Linux would probably be number one. Uh, now, this is not an immediate plan. It's also not even a, a, a totally confirmed plan. So don't <laughs> hold me to any of this. But um, yeah. we're going to start making moves to sort of like configure the app in a way and, and do certain pieces of the app such that it's e- more easy to move cross-platform. Mm-hmm. Kind of push more things into a, a language and a layer that we can is sort of independent of the OS it's on. Mm-hmm. Um, and we don't have a timeline for like when we'll actually start the Linux client. But it's like we're putting the pieces in place because we know we want to go there eventually. Yeah, yeah. Do you feel like it's at all like you have your arms around how big of a problem this, how big of a, a task this will be to even nope. get there? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's funny. I, I emailed like our advisors about this and the response was pretty unanimously like, eh, what you're doing is working. I'd probably just wait. And so we're not totally ignoring that. And the, the goal is not to start this right away, but it's like, okay, let's... Let, like we, there's still more work to do in the Mac app. We want it to be better than it is. We have ideas for that, but we want to be building in that direction as opposed to building further from the direction. And like when I think about a tuple a couple of years out, there's just kind of no future where it's only on Mac still in my mind. Like we could certainly do that, but to me, it just feels like really like leaving a lot of opportunity on the table. It's a lot of extra complexity. And I think the project is going to be hard and we're kind of signing up for pain there, but also oddly enough we kind of all like want the pain or like we want the the challenge a little bit like we like when we talk about it like the like it's like that stasis thing like the idea of like not taking on a little bit more and and pushing ourselves a little bit doesn't really get us as excited as like yeah this is probably going to be hard and like we'll have all kinds of new challenges to solve 
but you know there's there's opportunity here and it, it's, it sounds exciting and interesting yeah yeah i heard this i heard an interview once and i can't remember who it was but they were reflecting on the fact that like when you come home at the end of the day if you've come home from like a really easy day where not much happened like you're not really fulfilled but you come home from a day where it was like you solved a really hard thing and it was really challenging and there were ups and downs like those are the best days right totally so, yeah it's, it's crazy yeah and i've said this before i know i've said this before but like it seems like you would think that like the ideal life is one that like everything is great right there's no challenges you don't have to do any work you don't want to it's just like all beautiful and like but that's just not true like that just doesn't in practice does not feel satisfying yeah yeah so i'm sure i will <laughs> look back on this moment uh and curse myself for we will curse ourselves i think um because i'm sure we're signing up for for pain we, we are not even anticipating so we're, we're seeing these tweets now where people are like man tuple's so good if you're on a mac check it out and i'm kind of like ah, every time we, we see that let me get rid of that like, qualifier <laughs> yeah. yeah that qualifier kind of sucks yeah. yeah um but i'm seeing i saw like two people in, in the last couple of days were like this is just the best pair programming app for developers right now uh, and that feels amazing i don't think that's a crazy statement i think we we might be able to like make this app even better so if if we can do this if we can just if we can expand to other platforms with native apps and keep the quality high and like not get crushed by the complexity that that will bring on like we maybe can just be the app and not just the mac app and that's that to me is like if that opportunity is there it feels kind of unfortunate to not go after it yeah yeah i think it's at least wise to be like moving in that direction where you're like as you're building stuff into the platform or thinking about how to arrange the technology you're at least you know putting a mind towards like okay if we were porting this or you know building a client in a different os like how would this how would these pieces fit together um yep totally so. and the nice thing is like there's not we're not committing to a timeline or anything yet I know, it could be the end of next year and we're like wow there's just still so much complexity in the mac app and we this the effort of like making this more agnostic has been really challenging and like we retaining that optionality sounds really good uh but but moving that way sounds right to me although <laughs> the salesperson in me wants to start selling linux accounts <laughs> like we did with the mac app you know yeah yeah there, there is a point where i want to put like a like a page out and be like look we're looking to recruit alpha teams for right. the linux client like sign up here for whatever do a little tesla style pre-order you know exactly start doing <laughs> some pre-orders so um i do want to do that sooner like <laughs> early but i also <laughs> don't want to you know commit us to something if we're right. not sure we're going to do it so yeah yeah we'll have to balance that mm-hmm, mm-hmm. that's cool man though it's really exciting yeah i i thank you i agree it's pretty cool so other stuff i'm thinking about is sort of in a, in a theme of that like the the phrase that kind of keeps popping into my head is ubiquity where it's like like moving to multi-platform is like okay like now we're we're just like a pairing app uh, across the platforms um the other thing that is like similar in that same vein uh but it's still very much a question mark to me is like some sort of freemium mm-hmm. offering mm-hmm. Um, so we have a free trial now but it requires a credit card so we're still, you know, we're still blocking a lot of people that would would try it casually and maybe get hooked on it, but won't, you know, with if they have to put a credit card up. Uh, we still also like the way we bill and structure things, and even just the back end domain model makes it kind of annoying for the app to spread around. Like it's not optimized for. Like if we were in Y Combinator, they would be like, you know, what's your viral coefficient? Or like they would like you know have made us do a bunch of these things a long time ago, where it's uh, making it easier for new people to get the app and then spread it to other people that we are, are have not been doing. That one is like a pretty transformational change, I think, to have like a free forever kind of plan would really change how we price this and what people are paying and what they're paying for and all this stuff. 
that change actually scares me more than the other clients. But I think maybe at some point could happen. Those feel like two big initiatives where it's like you almost maybe need to pick one to focus on. Like, are we <laughs> are we trying to really juice the marketing engine and go, you know, because freemium is kind of just marketing, right? Um, or are we trying to heavily invest in cross-platform? Yes, I agree. Doing them at the yeah. same time sounds kind of crazy. <laughs> um, yeah. I've been thinking about that, like freemium as a marketing thing. I don't know that that's a, as a Blaken statement is true. Adjusting your pricing model I think is a fundamental change to the business. If all we did was enterprise deals, that's that's so different than what we do now. And if we had a freemium plan, that's so different. And to me, it's it's like it's actually like a, a foundational change to the pro- to the product market fit of the whole company and, and the product. And like for a tool like ours, where viral spreading is could be is such a core part of the product, you have to pair with someone else. Us adding a freemium plan or moving to a freemium model would not really just be a marketing thing it's like a it's a whole shift to the the business it feels much more foundational to me yeah it crosses into the kind of product the product distribution realm and and just marketing like it's not just a ploy for getting eyeballs on the thing it's a it's an it's changing the on-ramp into the product right um, totally yeah. yeah but and i think it would affect everything like it affects support it affects how you onboard like how you design the product there's just like all these impacts to me so to call it like a marketing like you couldn't just if we were a giant company it wouldn't marketing couldn't just be like hey we should do freemium right like that that would be a decision that would have to come from the top and affect basically everything and so to me it, it almost kind of like belittles this this change to say like oh it's a marketing effort yeah. To not think of it as a marketing effort could be hazardous to certain people. And I know that this is not how you're thinking about it. But like some people just see that as a pricing strategy. But because it's inherently free, it's not you're not monetizing those people. So the people who are at the free tier are effectively in the marketing funnel, but not converted yet. Right. And so that's the that's the risk is viewing viewing the pre conversion people as like customers or something, I think, mm. you know, hmm. interesting. Yeah, so I agree with your your assessment that like doing this all at once would be kind of crazy. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so to me, I'm I'm thinking of the freemium as kind of like the gas we can pour on the fire mm-hmm. when we want to to accept the trade offs that that gasoline comes with. Yeah, for our particular app and business, it feels like a really interesting arrow in the quiver that I feel like at some point we're going to want to use. Yeah, yeah, I agree. And the other end of the coin, <laughs> basically the opposite of that, I had this idea about pricing because I'm always thinking about pricing, which is I'm really curious what would happen if we defaulted people to annual. Hmm. And like you could request monthly manually or maybe even there's a button you could click to be like, no, I want monthly. But if you just made that the norm, like, I wonder what would happen. Hmm. In what way would you default it? Like on your pricing page, default it to annual or something deeper than that? Yeah, I'm not even sure. Like maybe during your trial, you have to sign up for annual and that's going to be the default. And then when we send you like, hey, the trial's ending, there's like a, you know, oh, actually, JK, I want monthly. Um, but if we just made the sort of the, the default funnel go that way, I'm really, I'm really intrigued. To, I would love to run this experiment. Yeah, there's kind of optimal points to pitch annual. I know that like, you know, it's basically the point where churn kind of drops off for the people who would just normally just stick around for a few months and then leave like once that once that initial wave of churn stops and i think it's i mean it's it varies from app to app but it's generally like 
a couple months after, then that's like the quote unquote optimal time to pitch annual. So that might be something to, to, to think about. It's like analyzing your, you know, analyzing your churn graph. Yeah. I imagine there will be a bunch of people that wouldn't want to just be like commit to a year after trying it for two weeks or four weeks or whatever it is. But I think a lot of people maybe would. I was looking at our churn by plan today and like the annual plans all have zero churn because <laughs> mm. <laughs> it hasn't been a year yet. And yeah. it's like, man, that is, that's nice. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there are great things about that. Yeah. And like just the, the cash flow, of course, is also really good. I do have this fear about annual plans though in the back of my mind that's like, they could be churn waiting to happen. Like unless you're tracking like usage and engagement, it's like, it's also can be a little bit tricky if you're relying on that renewing and then it's like, oh no, we, we stopped using that three months ago and we're not going to renew like. Totally. Uh, yeah. But that, that risk also is in the monthly plans, right? It is, but it's just, you get a, you get a monthly check-in. It's like, we know that within the last 30 days, this person at least, I mean, I guess someone could be on a zombie plan and still paying and not using it, but like yeah. the odds of that are lower, I think with m- monthly paying. Hmm. Yeah. I do find like that people are more willing to go annual than I would have guessed. I would say like when I, when I'm talking to people in like a sales process, like we basically always talk about annual and that's just like, yep, that's fine. That's how we buy a lot of things this way. We, we know how to budget for things this way. Uh, it's just, it, it, it fits people's process pretty well. And I've, I've generally found that when you make your pricing structure fit what they are sort of used to, it, it tends to work pretty well. Just a thing that's on my mind. I think I feel like I would like want to like double the trial length. Like we're doing two weeks now. I think if it was like you try it for a month as much as you want, and then at the end of it, we're going to build for annual. And then as you add people, we'll prorate the blah, blah, blah. But it, it could be interesting. We'll see. So those are the sort of big things in my head. Nice. I like it. <laughs> but I think it's going to be an interesting year for both of us. Yeah. Yeah. I do too. And I think like, yeah, I hope to get some clarity on some more specific things that I can name, you know, that's kind of the, just the challenge of being pre product market fit. It's like, I could say a stated goal. I want to achieve product market fit, but that's kind of like saying, I want to continue breathing. Like, yeah, it's just what you do. Like you, you just keep, you just keep moving down the path. So I think it's like, for me, it's like, I want to continue looking at my business as long as in this phase, keep looking at it as like a learning machine, like, and, and keeping a relatively short time horizon on things that I'm committed to around it. I had a good brainstorm with a with a mentor this week and it was just it was a good reminder of that that like I need to not think of what I'm doing right now as like okay I figured it out I'm committed to it and now like I'm now like I'm kind of headed in this direction for sure by nature like I'm putting stuff into the world and then let's reevaluate every 30 days or so and see where things are at and see what you know what makes sense to do next and there's always a tension there because I always want to I want to be set on like a direction. It's like, all right, we got we basically got this figured out. And now it's just now it's just build build in this, um, you know, for this group of people. But that's still just ambiguous for me right now. So I think, you know, continuing to keep a posture towards towards learning and treating this as like an experimentation machine, hopefully trending towards product market fit. Sounds pretty healthy. Yeah, yeah. I feel like Dr. Sherry Walling would approve. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I think so too. Cool. All right. Well, here's to have us both having a great year next year. Yeah. Here's to that. Cheers. And uh, thanks to all of you who have been with us through this journey. It's been kind of a crazy one. And I hope uh, next year's good too. I think it'll be interesting. Yeah. We will see everyone uh, next decade. Ooh, I had to get that joke in. <laughs> <laughs> and if anyone wanted to look at the notes for the show, 
Notes for the show can be found at artofproductpodcast.com. Thanks for listening. See you next time.